this is Jeff Nowak from Rocket Labs 360, and welcome to our podcast, Intelligent Content. Why do we call it Intelligent Content? Because this show is dedicated to those who are using insights, data, and intelligent ways to find creative content that their audiences crave. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Bobby Mason. Uh, thanks for joining us, Bobby. You're wise beyond your years, and for a guy as young as you are, you've been a mentor to me, so I appreciate you being here. Well, I don't know about that, Jeff. I uh, just like to help wherever I can. I'm excited to be on the podcast. I'm excited for all your shows to launch. I will definitely be listening to every single one of them. Excellent, excellent. So, Bobby, why don't you take a couple minutes just to explain what you do, because there's no way I could explain it. You're, you're deep into a lot of things, let's say. Okay, so let's see. Where do we start? Um, I guess I would say I'm a serial entrepreneur at heart, kind of. I started my first company in eighth grade. It was a service business. Evolved, it kind of evolved around landscaping, but then it quickly was focused on milfoil removal, so scuba diving, all of that good stuff. So we grew that to a relatively large company. Um, it was a good old time, but then I started to get into tech. I don't know how I got into tech. I think I just saw some problems that I wanted to solve and I had people build things for it. Um, raised a couple million dollars for one of my companies, failed epically at it in college. How old were you at I that time? I was 21, 22, I think, no, 20. Yeah. So, so how does a 20-year-old raise a couple million dollars? That's an um, awesome accomplishment, no doubt. It was a decent concept. I spent some time down in Silicon Valley and had the honor and opportunity to basically meet with executives at Google, IDO, Facebook, Apple. It was a mind-blowing experience. And during that experience, I actually got to pitch our company to a couple of different VCs and a couple of them were dumb enough to invest that was a mistake on their part and i feel very <laughs> bad about it and so you know we worked on the concept for about two years uh we had no idea what we were doing at that age we didn't have the proper operating agreement in place and our lead web developer got up and left so that was kind of devastating because he was kind of a savant so he was coding in his own language and this is after a year and a half so all of a sudden he left. We were gonna be a year and a half behind on our projects and the project specifically, we were actually in contracts with universities. So when he left and we were put behind the eight ball, we lost our contracts, which made it so we started to lose our funding and people started to freak out. And frankly, I sat there in my dorm room, actually not my dorm room, my apartment, which I lived in by myself when I, because I didn't want to live with friends because I just needed to focus on my craft. I sat on my bed, gave a good old sob, cried for about 10 minutes and thought, what in the world am I doing? I'm not even happy right now. I am doing this legitimately for the money so I can start doing things I love. And in that moment, I looked at myself and said, we are going to give back the rest of the money. We are gonna say we epically failed and we're gonna move on. So, so you're, you're a young entrepreneur. If you've been doing this since eighth grade, you're, yeah. you're living your dream and it comes crashing down. Yeah. Uh, good thing or bad thing when you look back at it? Um, I learned so much, it's mind blowing. So I think it's a good way to transfer into what I'm doing now. Right now, I'm in the process of launching a company called gomahi.com. 
it's a crowd-solving platform. What, the, what essentially it is, it's this idea of outsourcing innovation to a crowd of students. And our crowd specifically are a bunch of millennials and Gen Z consumers. So it allows any type of company to get all these new insights and ideas from these consumers and then implement into their company. So it's customer-centric data in a sense that they can gather and basically use in any way whatsoever. So we're working on that right now. We're working on something called ePayer. Um, ePayer is taking the whole title process, closing process of real estate and making it an online transfer. No more paper checks. We're done with that. We're sick of it. Uh, the third thing we're working on is something called educating entrepreneurs. We're trying to create a real entrepreneurship course with a bunch of entrepreneurs that have actually done it before mm-hmm. because we were kind of blown away and sorry, St. Thomas, like, you know how I feel about this already, but we were <laughs> blown away that we were being taught entrepreneurship by people that haven't run companies. And that bothered us a lot. Uh, so we wanted to create a free course and that's what we're working on right now for students or entrepreneurs to actually go through from start to finish. So they'll just keep building with the course. We want to start from incorporating to hiring your first individual to growing it to a million dollars. So we're excited about that. There's a lot of things in the works on top of that, do real estate investing and try to travel as much as possible so wow you're a busy guy yeah so i got questions about each one of those things (laughs) and it's going to be impossible to hit them all uh first question is can you teach somebody entrepreneurship in a university setting do you think i think it's impossible um and why is that what specifically when i look at entrepreneurship i believe you can create a set a a set of guidelines and principles. So like right now what we're creating or what we're focusing on is straight up, are you an entrepreneur? Like, do you have the passion? Because number one, the only way you're gonna be a good entrepreneur is by pursuing your passion. So like we're focused on SDS tests, which like focus on your traits and what you're good at. Because if you don't know what you're good at and you don't know what you're passionate about, there's no reason for you to start a company. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, we're really focused on the structure of the business. So like there is a way to there's a way to teach structures. So like how you market, how you set up your books, how you make like educated decisions around hiring. Like there's always structures. There's always ways that you can implement it. There's always ways to do better CRMs. There's always better ways to collect data. But the thing that you can't teach, you can't teach how many crazy mistakes you're going to make along the way and you can't teach it because every business is different like your business is significantly different than my business so nobody can teach us how to do our business right what they can teach us is how to structure it from a 10,000 bird's eye view Mm -hmm. right and you and I are going to have to experiment and fail on our own I mean when I started my first company I know when we got to 20 employees I didn't know how to manage people, period. Like, no clue. How old were you? I was maybe junior year in high school. (laughs) Like, I had no clue. We were firing people because we didn't know how to lead people. Like, those people weren't even bad employees. We were just bad leaders, straight up. And they don't teach that in entrepreneurship. They don't teach you that you have the ability 
to get any person to do whatever you want if you just find what they want to do, hmm. right? And there's a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, probably one of the most classic sought after books out there. It's just the best. Every single person person should read it. It's by Dale Carnegie. It'll change the way you look at how you run and deal with people. Once I read that, that changed all my businesses. It changed my life. So like, those are some concepts that you can't teach people. And you also, the last thing, you can't teach people how much work it is. Uh, I'll agree with that. You just can't. You can say it as much as you want. And you can bring up to people that you're gonna fail over and over and over again. But I think it's just in our nature that we believe like we're different. We're not gonna fail or we're different. We won't have to put in as much work to make it work. Like it won't take as long as it took everyone else. No matter how much I heard it, I didn't believe it until I actually went through it. I I agree. I mean, for me, things started off crazy, crazy good. And then when I hit the wall, it was like really tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I couldn't get a thought together in my head. Yeah. But I agree with you. Failure is inevitably going to rear its head somewhere along that journey. For sure. And you got to be ready for it. And if you don't have the passion, you're not going to make it yeah. through it. You got to find your passion. Yep. That's just what you have to do. I could hit on that every step of every day. <laughs> so you got all these cool businesses going at one time. Uh-huh. And I know you work passionately at all of them because you're here from what time did you start today? 5.30. What time is it now? It's uh, 7.30. And how many more hours do you think you got to go tonight? Probably five or six. Wow, and it's Friday night, so. Yep, it's Friday it's night. Your your typical Friday night, how old, 20-some-year-old? 25. 25-year-olds. Yeah. So it's very impressive. So I'd love to go into all your businesses, but I want to shift the, shift the focus a little bit to content. For sure. Because I've credited you publicly on my own Instagram <laughs> When you feed shouldn't have. <laughs> as changing the way I think about content. And I, I got to give you credit, Bob. You challenged me mentally uh, the first day I met you or maybe the first couple times I met you. And, you know, uh, the lady who runs the comments here said, oh, Bobby does a lot of content. And I'm like, oh, yeah, a lot of people are called content people. And, you know, I talked to you and I said I was a content expert. And then about two, three times after that, you came up to me and said, well, are you really a content expert or show me your last six posts that really made a difference? And I'm like, holy cow, I don't even have six posts in the last six months to show you. You know, I mean, it was a humbling experience, but it was an eye opener. So thank you yeah. for doing that. And it really has changed the way I thought of content. Like I was stuck in a mindset that I always did content to a very high professional level. I was doing it for other companies. I didn't spend time on my own content. You taught me that, wait a minute, content has to be more nimble today than ever before. You've changed my whole outlook, and which is the reason we're probably doing this podcast today, you know, and doing uh, an Instagram post a day so that we have enough content out there. So thank you for that. Of course. But what I love is the way you look at all your businesses, and to you, I see your postings, content, content, content. You know what I mean? You weren't even, I mean, my DNA wasn't content from the time I took my first journalism class. But yours isn't. But you accept content and you're, you're an evangelist for it. So tell me a little bit how that came about. Because yeah. for an entrepreneur who's working on you know tech businesses or financial businesses, 
content's not exactly the first thing that comes to their mind. No, honestly, and I think you brought it up earlier, I, I hated content. <laughs> like, I, I, I truthfully hate social media. If you could ask any of my friends growing up what I would say about social media, I said it was the biggest waste of time. I can't believe any human being goes on it at all. I didn't have any social media accounts up to four months ago, four or five months ago. Really? Zero. I never had them in high school. I never had Snapchat. I still don't have Snapchat because I just, I don't even want to get in that world. But like, seriously, I wasn't interested. I was too busy. I didn't have time. I didn't think there was any value add for me. And that changed when I sat down with one of my mentors because our main business, gomahi.com, or essentially everything we do, it's all around education and helping a millennial Gen Z generation. And one of the mentors sat down, they're like, here's the thing, people don't fall in love with a brand anymore. They fall in love with the person leading the brand. And you're starting a company where millennials and Generation Z just live on social media. It is stupidity that you don't have a brand. And I legitimately, I sat there and I was like, I've never done it. I don't like it. I don't want to spend my time doing that. Mm -hmm. Like I got a business to run. And they're like, well, this main mentor basically said, here's the deal. You just need to do it. And you need to do it for the long haul. It may not pay off the first year, may not pay off the second or the third, but five years from now, if you're doing it consistently, that's going to be a serious lead generation tool for you. And I was hesitant, but I committed to it thanks to him. And my brother brought up, you know, if you're going to actually do this, take a look at Gary Vee's stuff. And I listened to Gary Vee over and over again. And I was like, darn it. I guess I'm committing to the bit. Mm -hmm. And so... That's when I jumped in. I jumped into Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, multiple podcasts. I'm now focused on voice as well. So I'm putting stuff on Alexa skills, um, just everything. And I use tools to make sure it doesn't take up every day, right? I'm, I'm newsflash, and this is for everyone out there that thinks I post every day. I don't. I have things scheduled out weeks in advance, so I just don't have the time while running companies and getting all my work done to actually consciously think about it every day. Hmm. So, so you learned uh, one of the tricks an old content guy has been leaning on for forever is production schedules and content plans or calendars, mm -hmm. things like that. How do you how do you do it? What's kind of your your style and method of doing it? And uh, I I definitely I'm in love with Buffer app. Uh, BufferApp.com. A lot of people can do it for free, or you can pay for, I don't know, scheduling forever. So I definitely, I, it, I think it's one of my best purchases ever because it saves me so much time. So I actually just, I have different strategies. Well, officially, I now have different strategies for every feed. So Facebook, it just gets all my content. That's pretty much just my my garbage bin so that gets everything. you produce content and you let it automatically flow into yep. Facebook it and all, keep that audience all engaged. all funnels into Facebook. Do you monitor it? No. I'm going to be Fair super enough. honest. Where my demographic currently lives is Instagram. 
The reason I am still putting content on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn is because someday, you never know, Instagram might be worthless. And if that's the case, I don't want to die with my own personal brand on LinkedIn. I'm not Instagram. That's just stupidity. So, no, I actually just let everything funnel into Facebook. Instagram, it's very focused on photos, videos, Instagram TV videos. I actually use a freelancer to actually edit my videos. So I just take little baby videos throughout the day. I send it to the freelancer. He puts it all together, edits it, sends it back to me, and I post it. Because, as I said, frankly, I don't have time to edit that video. It's not hard for me to walk around or walk down the hallway and quickly talk about something that I'm doing. That's easy. That's quick. Mm-hmm. People love to follow. Basically, people are just following your story. I think so many people are worried about jumping into social media because they think they have nothing to offer. People are in love with reality TV and your life is reality TV and you have a unique value add. And whatever you're doing, doesn't matter if you're running a business or you like writing. We're sitting here with a bunch of whiteboard walls. Like maybe you love drawing awesome things on whiteboard walls. Just document that journey. People are going to start following it. It's just real life. Someone's going to like that. I got to admit, as a a guy who's been immersed in content for for other organizations or magazines or, or digital platforms or whatever, I didn't think I had a story to tell. I'm starting to change that because I'm starting to get passionate again because I'm finding stories around every corner. Yeah. You know, whether I'm just traveling on my own or or doing something for work. That's huge. Yeah. So I'm pretty much, I guess, from a quick strategy. Here we go. I do podcasts. I do long form videos. I take those podcasts or long form videos and I break them down. It's pretty much the Gary Vee model. I break them down into smaller pieces of content. So I make one long form piece of content and with a video, for example, I was doing this for a while. I would take a video in my car <laughs> when I'm driving home from work. It might be 11, 12, one o'clock at night. I'd video myself all the way home. I talk about whatever. I take that, I put it in iMovie. Now I have a 30 minute video with my voice, quotes, whatever else. I take that video and I would extract the MP3 and make it a podcast. And then I would extract the video, throw it on YouTube. And then I take snippets of the videos and throw them on Instagram and Facebook and take the stuff that related to business people and throw it on LinkedIn. Then I listen to the video quick and pull all the quotes I really liked and I make quote images. I'd actually type up quotes on Twitter because that's more of that kind of form. Mm-hmm. And then just from one 30 minute piece of content on my drive home, I could make like 20 pieces of content for every social media feed. You got three weeks right there. Exactly. So that's the stuff that's really important. Like if you're gonna get into social media, like if your company or you're making your personal brand, like make longer forms, longer pieces of content, and then use that and break it down because that will save you an enormous amount of time and frankly, you just don't even realize the stuff you say. When you re-listen to it, sometimes you go, holy crap, that was a pretty good quote. <laughs> and like, it's hard to just on the spot come up with something that's original because originality is important. So like, 
your ability to re-listen to yourself and pull originality, that's enormous. That's so important. That's cool. So you're highly efficient, uh, and that probably comes from your business background. Juggling multiple projects, things like that. You said you have a a strategy for each platform, which in my world, we love that, right? I mean, uh, content strategy is what we want to ground everything in. You got a written strategy, or is it more in your head? Oh, gosh. I wish I was organized enough to... Yeah, I do kind of have a written strategy. Do you? Kind of. But it's it's so simplistic, it's unbelievable. So my strategy for Instagram is really it's just focus on providing as much value as possible to the human being through my feed. So I never promote myself. It's always just like pure quotes on passion, pure quotes on like pursuing your your greatest gift, your goal, your visions, whatever else. Could be videos, quotes. Every day I'm starting to post like my own daily lesson because it's just easy. And mm-hmm. honestly, I'd like to look back and see what I learned every day. So it's a selfish play. Then I do have a strategy in which Anything I promote, really, that comes in my stories. So, like, if I post a podcast, that's going to show up in my story. If I'm posting a blog on GoMahi.com, that's showing up in my story. That's where I actually promote some of my outside content. I never want that to show up in my feed. So you never. do it in the story. Yes. That makes sense. I do it all in the story. Um, I'm now committing to at least videoing or taking a picture of whatever I'm doing three times a day and putting in the story because my generation, maybe even your generation, they look at the stories way more than the feeds. That's just what happens. That automatically comes up. It does. It does. And so like I have found that it makes a pretty dramatic difference, even with some of your posts, if you repost it in your story. So like I'm committing to doing an Instagram TV video three times a week. Because you know what, Instagram TV is going to be huge and you can use it over on Facebook. And if you would have listened to Mark Zuckerberg a couple weeks ago, he said that they're going to pour billions into Facebook's video, whatever. They're trying to compete with YouTube. And when Zuck says he's going to do something, he usually does it well. So I want to make sure that I am there in the whole video world. So. I did find, which is really interesting, and I know you're talking about analytics, and I'm not an analytics guy. My brother is an analytics guy. That's why we're a good team. But I did find, like even last week, when I just put an Instagram TV video on my feed, and I have, I think, 9,000 followers maybe now. It's just impressive in four months. Yeah. That's awesome. Not bad. But I think there were only like 400 people that viewed it or so so not horrible but not great the next instagram tv video i actually posted to my story as well and just it was just a picture of it and said check out the feed or whatever that one got like well over 1500 views and so like that was a pretty dramatic difference Mm -hmm. so i definitely recommend like maybe post some of your best content on your story as well and direct them to your feed so that's kind of my strategy with with uh instagram Then if we hop over to LinkedIn, LinkedIn is significantly different now. And I I just changed it in the last two weeks. So all the content that's on there right now is from my old strategy. And that was just post anything there. And So are you posting in the the feed of LinkedIn or are you actually posting articles, influencer type articles, things like that? 
I do not post anybody else's stuff. I just don't. I frankly, I don't read that much. Uh, I don't read other articles. I only listen to audiobooks and read books, so that's hard for me to post. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so now for LinkedIn, I'm really focused on just making sure my network has three quality blogs to read from our team or me every single week. That's insanely important to me. Um, I pride myself on making sure that's written every week. And then I also just make sure that I make them very aware of the Master of the Start podcast, which is just us interviewing a bunch of ultra successful business professionals in a sense. And because I believe that provides an enormous amount of value to the business the business-oriented network, so it's a different it's a different group than Instagram. So you, you have multiple target audiences, correct? And you're highly aware of them. Yes, yes. And then Twitter is that's just a free for all in the sense that I'm pretty much just converting all of my pictures and stuff to text because. So give me an example. So for just example, so like I might on Instagram if I have a quote, it's going to be a picture of me with a backdrop and the quote. Or it's going to be a video, blah, 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 blah. On Twitter, no no one seems to care about the pictures. No one seems to care about the videos. They just care purely about the text. So I pretty much just run through all my stuff a second time, and I convert it to text and tweet it. Mm-hmm. The other thing I added to Twitter is, you know, GoMahi.com is focused on innovation. So... Twitter is surprisingly a lot of business professionals and they're on Twitter to basically read the news. And so I'm tweeting constantly about innovation. So it's either stuff that we've learned through innovating, it's uh, it's just quotes from our blogs about innovation, the data that we found on innovation. So I'm trying on Twitter to actually become some type of expert on innovation and I need to put more time into it when I find the time. But that's where I would like to lead on Twitter. And then essentially, like I said, all of that stuff from Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all of that is just sitting on Facebook. So mm-hmm. Facebook gets the tweets, it gets the pictures, it gets the videos, it gets the Instagram TV videos, the blogs, podcasts, everything. So I've been getting this from a lot of business people, nonprofit, for-profit, B2B. Once they commit to social media, they don't realize how much time it can actually take. So you being a guy who's running three to four businesses at a time and doing a, a yeoman's job on content, how much time are you spending on, on your, your feeds and your content? Um, I time block an hour and a half, 90 minutes every day. That is my time block. So Morning, night, or it doesn't matter? Doesn't matter for me. Um, the biggest thing is with that 90 minutes. So I usually focus the first three days of my week, that 90 minute period, I'm focused on creating the content for the week. So I'm done with it. I I don't want to work on content anymore at that point. Those next 90 minute time block sessions, this is the most important part. That time is me interacting with my feed. That is time. That, that is the time I spend actually looking at hashtags, finding entrepreneurship, and just providing value for people that either have questions, have written comments, had created good content. I'm on there saying, here's a value add here. You brought up time management tools. Like 
make sure you get Calendly, like make sure you do all of these things to save yourself time. So I'm just sitting there hopping on people's feeds and trying to provide them value. So you're DMing or making comments it's on their le- feed. Yeah, it's just legitimately on their feed, but I do do the second thing as well. So I think DMs are extremely underrated. So I have found that yes, they limit the amount of DMs you can send. But I believe, based on what I'm doing, you can send about eight DMs an hour. <laughs> so currently, with my Master of the Start feed, my Go Mahi feed, my personal feed, and actually we have guys on Educating Entrepreneurs on that feed, we DM, we try to DM about 150, per, 150 people per feed per day. Wow. So right now, currently, like Go Mahi, we haven't launched our main product yet, so we're not we're not sending any messages to anyone about the actual Gomahi site. Where we believe we provide value right now is through our podcast. So right now I'll give you an example. Like we had a guest on today, uh, Richard Wilson, and he started a couple companies and he's currently managing a trillion dollars in assets. A trillion, which is mind blowing. T and that. And so, like, he provides a ton of value in our podcast. So, we have actually looked at his companies and we've looked at his personal feeds and we just sit there and DM everyone that's connected to him saying, Here's the thing, we don't want anything from you, but we thought it might provide you a crap ton of value if you listen to all the advice he had for an hour. If you think if you don't think it's worth it, just throw it in the trash. We're legitimately only here to help you. We're not asking for anything. Just consume. Like we're only here to just constantly give you content to consume. And that really, really helps grow the network and grow your views, everything. So what's big. been the return on DMs? I mean, uh, there's a new acronym for you, return on DM. Gosh, I wish R- I knew R-DM. what return on DM what they were. I wish there was a way to better measure them. I I know I should, I will tell everyone, you should tie analytics to your DMs. I just haven't yet because I'm lazy. And as soon as my brother graduates, he will do all that. So I will say tie analytics to your DMs. Like you should have links in there, obviously, and just tie it. Mm -hmm. So I will have that in the future. So I can't give you the data now. All I know is like for every aid I send, I probably get one person that responds from those eight saying, thank you so much. Like that was awesome to listen to, or don't worry about bothering me. Like I appreciate you sending me something like that. And it's like, great. So, you know, we send out 150, like with my account and I probably am communicating and talking to 15 people or 20 people before I go to bed at night, like just seeing what else I can do for them. So it's just a way to network and build and get your content and your stuff in front of more people's eyes. Have you used any type of analytics to influence what kind of content you're producing to help people out? Or is it from your gut or is it from what they're sharing in your feeds with comments and things like that? I will tell you in my personal opinion, and this is just pure gut opinion garbage. Um, I still don't believe I've created enough content to start sitting there and analyze. Like I would, I've told multiple people from the start, I want to do this for a minimum of six months 
and then have some people that are way better than me at analyzing data, analyze it and tell me which direction I need to go. Because right now I am legitimately, every single week I'm experimenting with something different. Every single week I'm displaying the content different. Like there are weeks that are epic bombs and there are weeks that are real good and I don't want to change it, but I think to myself, how else am I going to explore it? And I change it. I'm kind of the mindset that in social media, you have to do that because there's a lot of followers out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see it, I see it. Uh, I've seen things that I've replicated at times that I said it must be working for them, but you know what? It gets old really fast. So my mindset is you got to be fresh. And I'm sure that's that's right. I'm sure it is right. I just, uh, I'm not super creative. That is one of my biggest problems with social media. I'd argue with that from what I've seen, but. (laughs) But for the most part, I'm really not. Like it's, that is probably the thing that takes the most time out of my social media content life is sitting there and trying to figure out how in the world am I going to make this look somewhat good. You do it yourself or? I, I do it myself. Everything on my personal feed is me because I always feel like when I say this stuff, I feel like I'm just taking Gary Vee's stuff and saying it out loud. But the truth is just like, Everything in my personal feed is me. Like it doesn't, I can't outsource that to anybody. Nobody can be me. Like if you look at a lot of my posts on Instagram, for example, it's a picture, but then it's like three paragraphs of text. Like those paragraphs, what I write, that is what's in my heart in that moment. And no one can write that. Mm -hmm. And I believe the text is extremely underrated. And even if no one likes consuming that text, you know what? Someday I'm going to be able to look at all my feeds, look at all that text, and just write an ebook. I was going to say, you're going to write a book off all that. You know, like it's just so much content and it's just showing people what's in your heart in that moment. So I notice the trend on Instagram is to go to longer form posts. I think it's getting there. And uh, I mean, I did it last week. I told the whole story of a woman I met at a bakery. It was awesome. Yeah, thank you. It was awesome. But uh, it was fun, and I never thought of writing a whole story in a post. No. But I, I did get more more comments and more feedback on that one than any other one. I th- yeah, I think it's extremely underrated, and people will start using it a whole lot more. Cool. That's a good piece of advice. Now, you've talked about something in a very interesting way to me, and it leaves me scratching my head even about how I'm doing my social media for my business. You talked... And give us a little background on the importance of building a personal brand. Now, an entrepreneur like me has my personal brand wrapped up into my brand, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my feed is Rocket Labs 360. That's Jeff Nowak, you know what I mean? And anybody who works with me uh, on what we're trying to accomplish. But what do you th- explain a little bit what you think about personal brand and how important is it, especially for somebody like you who has multiple companies? I think it's one of the most important things ever. And I think it's going to become more and more important every year. People have so many choices nowadays. I mean, things are flashing in front of your eyes like that. And frankly, there are so many ads out there now. Nobody cares. They don't Mm -hmm. like, I could go throw ads at every single person on Instagram because it's cheap. And very few people are going to look at Instagram because it's not a value add. My ad does not 
bring value to your life. The only person in our company that can bring personal value to my consumer's life is me. Mm-hmm. And so I think the personal brand is really important from a standpoint of it is a way for me to unify all of my companies into one. And everything I do, all my companies, they're all a part of me. So when I build my personal brand, it gives me an opportunity to display me and those companies in a way that people can relate to because I am human. And I just love that with a personal brand and I really, I just, I recommend everyone does it because, you know, if we look at you in marketing, right? I, I've told, I told you this in the past. When we have hired people to market in the past, I have instantly gone to their social feeds and I've looked at how good they've done for themselves because. Yep. That was a learning lesson I was talking about. Yeah. Because frankly, I mean, if someone only has a hundred followers and they claim they're good at marketing social media. I look at those hundred followers and go, that's pathetic. I can do better than that. And so like I judge them based off of what I see on social media now. Like I legitimately, that's how I judge them. And you know, my hope and my prayer, I guess, and really I don't even care. um, If I provide enough value for people, eventually they will feel like they want to provide some value for me. And there are incredible stories about individuals that have made social media content for years and years and years and then created ebooks. There's a guy that was a lawyer, created an ebook for one of these tests that he had been helping people with on social media for years. That night, he sold like 5,000 ebooks overnight. And he started asking his audience, like, why do you buy the ebook? Why do you buy the ebook? And he was getting comments that were like, Hey man, like I already took my test and passed it, but you provided me so much value. I just thought I'm going to buy that guy's ebook anyways. I don't even need it. (laughs) And like, if you can provide value on social media like that, you are winning and that is going to pay off like crazy for your business. So like, that's why I believe in the personal brand. I just believe it's a different outlet and you can document your journey and it's just enormous. It's just huge. Do you watch the growth of your followers and all that? Because I started watching what you were doing. And I think when I started watching you, you were around 1,000, 1,200 followers, which was impressive at the time. You just got into it. But now I went back and I look and you're at 6,000 and it's probably 9,000, you said, within a couple weeks. Do you watch that? Um, Uh, No, I don't. I mean, I do. I, I will admit I do sometimes have people come up to me and go like, oh my gosh, you just went up like 400 followers this week. And now that I'm at nine, I guess that's consistently what's happening. But I don't, I don't know what my followers are at on Twitter. I don't know what my followers are at on Facebook. I don't know how many connections I have on LinkedIn. I just don't. I don't, I genuinely don't care what other people think. And I know that sounds bad, but I don't care about the people that are DMing me on a daily basis, ripping me to shreds. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I frankly, it kind of gets me excited. Like you can kind of <laughs> hear it in my voice. I like <laughs> it a lot. Um, and in that case, like 
for that exact reason, I don't care how many likes I get on a post. Like, I don't care. I legitimately don't care unless if I stop getting a DM once a week that says, thank you so much, you honestly changed my life in this aspect, then I will start caring. But if I get that one person that says, you changed my mission, you changed my business model, you changed this, that's all I need to do. If I'm affecting one person, like really affecting them, one person a week, that's going to make a big difference in five years from now. And so I believe that is the greatest form of growth. Do you feel like you're getting that kind of reward from yes. what you're doing? 100%. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If I didn't do that, we wouldn't be sitting here together. And when you wrote that little baby post on me and thanked me, like, it's so darn fulfilling. No one even realizes it. Like, it's the same thing with mentorship. People don't understand that when you mentor people, so I mentor a lot of companies and mentor a lot of individuals, you're getting way more out of that mentorship than that person's getting from you. You just are. It feels so good, you learn so much, and you're actually changing a real life. Like, that feels amazing. If you can do that through social media and marketing, that's where you should be changing the most lives. That's where you have the ability to do it. Like. That's the game changer. That's what makes social media special. And I didn't understand that in high school and college because all I saw it as is this place to fake it till you make it, like show the cool car, show your cool trips, never show any of the flaws. When realistically, social media can be used as this network to pull the world closer together. And that's like a real opportunity. And like, that's what I want to take advantage of. I want to pull the billions of people closer together. Cool. Now, that's one thing I noticed with you and Gary Vee is that you guys are totally authentic. Now, now I usually avoid people who use curse words, but Gary Vee doesn't offend me because oh, no, his information is so dead on, spot on, true. So genuine. And it's with so much love. Yeah. Like, now, how did you find your authenticity? And uh, what do you think it is if you had to describe it? Um, I definitely, I, I don't know how many hours we have for this podcast, but, um, it definitely came from my time in high school. I got really sick, so I didn't go to my last two years of high school. I spent a lot of those two years in a hospital and that's where it wasn't just any hospital, right? No, it was, it was male, male clinic. clinic. And you know, that's where I learned that life is too darn short to not be doing what you love. That is my message. I want to help every person in the world figure out what they want to do and pursue it in a very realistic, affordable, reliable, mind-blowing way. And I frankly believe more specifically that it's tied to education. And if you look at all my companies, for the most part, it's tied to changing the education system because I don't think we do that right in education. I actually think we lead people down the wrong path so they're not pursuing their passions and they're not doing what they love and they're just getting into jobs that they're gonna eventually hate. Um, so like that's the genuine me and I don't care how many people disagree with the way I do things. Like, yeah. 18 hour days, 20 hour days, it's stupidity. It's stupidity for a lot of people. 
it's not stupidity for me because it's what I genuinely love doing more than anything in the world. And like, that is the true me that I'm displaying. The true me is you got to explore your passion. And while I'm, I'm kind of pushing you to do that, I'm going to trickle in all my freaking mistakes in between. So you can see where I mess up. I love the mistakes you share. <laughs> you know, it makes the rest of us feel not so bad. Just like the you put on the tip about the Yeti microphone. What's the first thing I forgot to do oh, today? Yeah. Was switch it to Yeti, right? Yeah, that's cool. So, just in a synopsis, one sentence: What defines success for Bobby Mason? Affecting one life a day. That's it. It's as simple as that. That's what we're all called to do. And if you affect one life a day, you are going to make an enormous change in the world because it's going to become more than one life a day. There's a trickle effect. It becomes a crazy web. It's kind of the social media effect, right? You see a build and it keeps taking off. It is. So one last question. Yeah. You, You shared a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, with us, you know, people remember things in threes. So if you were to share three things that worked for you that could help somebody else, what would they be, do you think? From a social media perspective? Not necessarily, marketing just, perspective, just from what works for you in accomplishing your goals or, or, or being fulfilled and satisfied in what you're doing. Yep. Um, being genuine, that's number one. Genuine, honest, pure passion. Like there are ways to find that. And I always think it's important to start with what what is the thing that gets you most excited when you wake up in the morning? And then create a big audacious goal around that and break it down into real time goals that you can follow. And like, I know I'm going on a quick tangent, but What I really think is every single person, when they find their passion, they need to look and see where do they want to be in five years from now. Mm -hmm. Create a goal that you want to accomplish in five years and then go, what do I need to do in a year from now to get to five years from now? And then repeat that and say, what do I need to do in a month from now to get there in a year from now? What do I need to do today to accomplish that goal for the month? What do I need to do in this exact moment, this very moment to accomplish that? And with that exact goal in that moment, that should be the first thing you do the next day. I do this every night before I go home. Really? Yeah, I sit there. And you write I, it down or is it in I your... write it down. I write it down. And that is always the first thing I do in the morning. I don't do anything else. doesn't matter because I know that's the one thing if I accomplish that one thing today, that's going to get me to where I want to go. So I think genuine passion will allow you to create the tasks that you need to focus on every day. So that's why I think number one, passion is extremely important. Number two is just, gosh, I just feel like Gary Vee, but you need to block out the noise. Like There's so much of it. There's right. so much of it. And... You have to be very aware, and I don't think people talk about talk about it enough. Like even me on a small scale, I haven't even done much in my life yet, and the noise that I hear on a daily basis about oh you were handed this, you were handed that, none of that's really true. Like if I ever let that get to me, 
I'd, I'd be a disaster. Like, I'm so focused on what I want to accomplish. It doesn't matter what the 50-year-olds say about my lifestyle. Like, I, I don't know say I, anything bad about your I know, lifestyle. But I'm saying, like, I genuinely, if you're 25 and you hear the advice of a 50 and 60-year-old about what you're doing wrong, and you should take people's advice for sure. They're brilliant. And I, I always am trying to learn from people. But if they're hating on either, like, the way you do things... Or like something that involves your passion, like you gotta ignore it and you gotta keep grinding, keep pushing, because you gotta just ignore that outside world. The third thing, really quick, I guess, I would just say like you need to focus, and I just said it in number one, I think they all tie together. You need to focus on your one thing. As an entrepreneur, there are so so many things you can do and you probably should do that you never get anything done at all. You need to focus on one big thing every day. So that's your secret for success. Legit. Be laser focused on where you're going. I read The One Thing by Gary Keller maybe five years ago and it has changed the production of my entire life. That's awesome. Yeah. So two big books you mentioned yes. today. So... Uh, what do you want to shout out on your own uh, business ventures right now? I mean, what, what's what's got you super stoked right now? Uh, super stoked. Go Mahi's going to be a blast. Um, if anyone's super bored, they can check it out. GoMahi.com. GoMahi.com? Yep. Um, you guys can check me out on social. I'm sure Jeff will put it in the show notes or something or link it. But honestly, guys, just I don't care if you look at any of my stuff. Like, I don't care if you consume my content. I legitimately just care that after you listen to this very podcast, you spend this week and this week alone figuring out exactly what you're passionate about and then pick one thing you're going to do this week to really pursue it. And then make sure you have a plan for the next week and the next week. Because if you do it, I don't know what the days is. I think it's between 60 and 90 days. If you do it over and over again, you're going to develop a habit and it's going to be a habit toward your greatest passion and it's going to freaking change your life. Like That's awesome. It is. So, uh, you mentor me again. <laughs> Very good. Hey, quick fire questions, you know. Yep. Sometimes I grab things from people that, that I like. You do the quick fire questions. I do. Uh, yeah. On your podcast. I love them. So, you're working a lot, but what's your favorite thing to do when you're not working? favorite thing to do when I'm not working. I love to travel. I think, I know it's supposed to be quick fire, but I think traveling is so important for every human being. That is a way for you to release everything, start fresh. I think I've told you this in the past. Every single company I've come up with to this point, on a trip. Every single one. Every new idea, every change in our structure, it's a trip. That's a clear your head place, huh? Yeah. What's the best purchase you ever made? Gosh, probably the one thing. That book honestly changed my life. No thing. joke. Hey, was, that's a ringing was, endorsement, man. That's it was cool. my best purchase. <laughs> you you mentioned a lot of mentors. Yeah. Who's your top mentor? Um, a guy by the name of Greg Frankenfield. And I know it's quick fire, but I'll tell you a quick story and it involves a swear word. So I'll just say F word. Um, Greg Frankenfield, 
at one point I was running multiple companies. And as I said, I walked away from all that investment money. There was a company that I didn't love so much, so I sold it and all of this. And I sat down with him and we were in his office. He runs a global company now. We were in one of his offices in West End and there were like 400 employees in there. And he just sat there and started screaming at me in front of everyone. He said, you effing quit at everything. When it gets hard, you just walk away, you sell it, or you just give up. And he's like, that's what you do. That's what you're good at. You're strictly all you are is a salesman. You can get things off the ground. You're the best I've ever seen at sales, but you never commit to anything. <laughs> and he is my greatest and favorite mentor of all time because he is so blunt that every single time I meet with him, it changes my life because he is, you got to find a mentor that will ultimately not hold back. Like they're your friend, but they're someone that you actually want to have change your life. So yeah, he, he's been a game changer in my life for sure. And he makes me do things for him before I even come over. Like if I'm going to do something, if he's going to mentor me for an hour, he's making me go to his house and put up goose fence. (laughs) like he's gonna make me go and fix it he's gonna make me go and buy it like hard labor like 300 bucks of goose fence like before you're gonna come and bother me and like that's just sometimes you have to sacrifice it if you're gonna get a good mentor that actually changes your life so not to prolong this but what goes through your head when you're installing goose fence uh, before you go see this guy are you thinking about Um, your meeting or what honestly I'm thinking to myself wow this is completely worth it because I'm thinking This meeting is either going to save me thousands of dollars because I'm doing something horribly wrong or it's going to save me months of time because he's going to look at what I'm doing and he's going to tell me to do it differently. So this goose fence that costs 300 bucks in the three hours that it takes me to set up, it's not even comparable to what he's giving me. So... It's really a super easy trade-off, and I'm thinking about it the whole time. Like, I'm amped. I'm putting in goose fence. <laughs> there it is, man. Positive attitude again. Uh, sports versus arts. Where's your heart on that? Uh, sports. Yeah. It's not even close. Well, which uh, which one do you gravitate to? Um, I think I know the answer, but... Uh, basketball, for sure. I, I love basketball. I, I play it all day. I could watch it all day. Unfortunately, I don't anymore. It's very sad, but... Yeah, sports is my jam. I can, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Get my son out on the court again. Get, oh. get him, get him uh, sweating hard. <laughs> That'd be good. Last one. Who's the most intriguing person you ever personally met? Ooh, met in person. Because that's different than emailing with people. Um, in person, it's horrible that I cannot remember his name. So I personally met the CEO of a company called Plantronics in Silicon Valley. They're the people that made the, the mics and earpieces for the first moon landing. Hmm. And yes, I have met some executives at Google and stuff that are much bigger names. But this guy was fascinating to me because he legitimately walked up to me in the hallway. This is a company that's got like 5,000 employees on their campus. He walks up to me and he just... Start showing me around the building. I had no idea who he was, no clue. He's a billionaire. And he just started showing me everything about the company. And at the end of like two hours together, he legitimately just goes, well, it was really a fun time with you. And I was like, 
sorry, I didn't catch your name. And what do you do here? And he's like, <laughs> oh, I'm actually the CEO. And what? I was like, oh, what? So like, he was the best. I need to find his name, but he Let's was my look favorite him up guy and reconnect. Me. Yeah. So Bobby, I'll give you the last word. Anything I didn't ask you that uh, you want to add? No. I mean, really, honestly, I think every person, if you're interested in providing value for others, create a social brand, get on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and just record your journey. It's as simple as that. Maybe nobody will watch. Maybe no one will listen. But think about it this way. You will legitimately have a bunch of content that you can show your grandkids, your kids, and that will be super awesome someday. So honestly, you have nothing to lose. If you have the free time, just do it and don't put it off. Like if you've ever thought about it, just do it right now, today. It doesn't have to be professional right now. It just doesn't make sense to wait. You only live once. I think you gave me that advice, so I appreciate it. Bobby, thanks for uh, taking the time today out of your 18 to 20 hour day <laughs> to spend about an hour with us and share all your wisdom. Of course. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to listen to your podcast. Thanks. Everybody else, make sure you subscribe. You know this better than I do, Bobby. What's the, what's the line? We post it everywhere. and uh... Yeah, for sure. You can check it out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify going to be all over the place make sure you check out rocket labs 360 you can find them on instagram you watch his instagram tv videos they're super ba they're <laughs> so fun so honestly you got to connect with jeff everywhere in the world it's going to be totally worth your time i appreciate it bobby all right that's a wrap thank you everybody take care have a good night